If you tend to skip a meal, maybe you've attempted to practice intermittent fasting as a daily habit, or maybe you haven't practiced good nutrition habits in the past. Maybe you just want to eat better, but not sure how, or you just need a little bit more inspiration. This podcast is for you. My goal is to provide you with information to help make your life happier and healthier. I'm on a mission to help people combat years of conventional wisdom by way of coaching them through intermittent fasting and nutritional education. Hi, welcome. I'm Kay Dorellis, your host of the Good Girl Gone OMAD podcast, a go-to resource for people looking to learn more about their health and happiness through intermittent fasting in a world that's constantly telling us to do more, be more, and eat more. Hey, I'm so happy that you're able to join me for this episode. I know we're all busy and strapped for time, but I also know I have fans of the show and I just want to ask a small request from you guys. I'm sure you guys are like, oh my God, what is she about to say? Nothing major. So number one, listen to this episode. You've got to. I've got information in here that I think you guys are going to love. Uh, Number two, share this episode. Just share it with anybody that you know that you feel like needs to hear this. As much as I love recording for you, we can't just sit on information anymore. So send the link. And if you don't want to send the link, just say, hey, I've been listening to this podcast that I find very interesting and I think you might like it too. And it's called Good Girl Gone OMAD. Um, lastly, I've officially monetized my podcast. So I want to continue bringing you guys knowledge about fasting, nutrition, health and wellness. And I want to do it on a consistent basis. I'm not just here because I love talking about intermittent fasting, because I do, but I want to help improve your health and help you live longer and help actually build a community that transcends traditional health methodologies. So click on the link in my description, or you can go to anchor.fm slash goodgirlgoneomad to contribute what you can. Could be as little as 99 cents up to $9.99. It's all appreciated to help level up Good Girl Gone OMAD. So thank you. So the most common question that I get as an intermittent faster is how do I start? We've all seen success stories on people that live this lifestyle and we've seen people get stuck on this lifestyle, or maybe they didn't even get off the ground because they didn't start right. Whether you're just starting fasting for 16 hours, 20 hours, maybe even a full day, when you're ready to eat, whenever that time is, that's the most important part. See, in a world that's constantly telling us to eat all the time, every advertisement is about snacks and fast food and your grocery stores are packed with sugar-rich food, When your entire world revolves around food, the emphasis that the intermittent fasting community places on food is how are you going to overcome hunger? We live in a world where our lifestyle is not normal and you kind of have to take a little bit of pride in that time that you fast and not giving in to eating all the damn time. However, 
once you declare intermittent fasting as your lifestyle and you get over being hungry and get over the temptation of food, you enter into an entirely new phase. I'm not even quite sure what to call it, but I'm really talking to you people at this stage or maybe it's you that's new to intermittent fasting and you want to understand what comes next. This episode is for you because when you decide to eat after 16, 20, 24, 48 hours, food all of a sudden becomes most important. And while you can educate yourself on when not to eat or what to do while you're not eating, what to do when you actually decide to eat, that's so important. That window of time that you eat, it's all about food. So today I want to talk to you about food. So what is food? Seems like a simple question. And the answer should be simple. Like food is fuel. That's what we've been hearing for a while now, right? But is it really? I want to challenge you today to rethink everything, even down to the very definition of food as you know it today. So is food fuel? Yes, but not really. And I know that sounds like a cop-out answer. It's one of those, it depends kind of answers, but hear me, food has energy. It has calories. So in that way, it is fuel. But food is not only calories. It's so much more than just calories. Food is micronutrients, it's phytochemicals, fiber, water, molecules, and calories all of which play an important role in your body beyond just the fuel. Our bodies are made to be smart without us. I mean, can you imagine if we were consciously in control of staying alive on our own accord? Like having to remember to breathe and remember to blink, uh, to tell your heart to beat, focus your body on digestion, wiggle your toes, like functions that happen without us being actively involved just happen. And it's all by design. See, our bodies are, are built to survive, period. But our bodies, what I want to talk to you about today, are on a path of destruction without proper knowledge and without proper diet and without uh, proper vitamins and minerals in our diet. They're on a path to destruction. So for example, vitamin C, vitamin D, Vitamin K, magnesium, potassium, these things are all critical to weight loss and we need them to thrive. We typically get these nutrients from a plant-based diet and our bodies are so intermolecularly connected that we do ourselves a complete disservice when the only thing we take into consideration about food is calories. Come on, like, let's be real. We don't know food. I mean, really, really no food. You're like, hey, what, is she, what does she mean? We can identify food. We can identify steak, peas. I know a carrot when I see one. Chicken, potatoes. But we don't know food. There's a difference. Let me explain. We've spent so much time and so much energy measuring food, counting calories, 
cycling carbs and all those mathematical equations out there that you could possibly do with food that we've overcomplicated our way to simplify food's effect on us. Let me say that again. We've been trying to figure out this thing called food that we've overcomplicated a lot of things so much so that we've oversimplified the process. I'm going to say that one more time. We've taken the most simplest thing, food, overcomplicated the hell out of it, and then backtrack and oversimplified of it to where we don't even know what food is. Some of us don't even realize that food has an effect on us the way that it does. We just think that food is fuel. Food fills us up. That's what we've been told. The impact of food and its function is not just to fill your belly, not just to curb your hunger or to help you lose weight or gain weight. No. A lot of us have heard that food is fuel, but your body is not a car. Oh my God. I've heard this so many times, but let me just, let me just get you to think a little bit differently about yourself. So let's imagine. Well, you know, we, act, we don't have to imagine too hard. We've all been to the gas pump. Most of us have, right? When you go, you fill up your gas tank with your credit card. And that tank will tell you how far you can drive. So on a full, like, for example, on a full tank of gas, I think my car gets up to 400 miles, something like that. But I don't really know because I don't really pay attention. I just know when I'm out of, when I'm out of gas, I go to the gas station. And when the gas light comes on, I go to the gas station and fill up. When your tank is empty, when your gas tank is empty, that's when your drive is over, right? You can't take the car any further than the gas tank will hold. When there's no more gas in your tank, you're not going anywhere. You better call AAA, get a friend to bring you some, some gas. But your body is not the same thing. So let me get a little bit of participation. Raise your hand. How many of you can remember a time when you've eaten a lot, you haven't eaten a lot, and you're full of energy? Like, you just remember a time where you didn't really have a lot to eat, but you feel like you can keep going. Raise your hand. Now, raise your hand high if you've ever eaten way too much, filled your gas tank way too much to the point where you can't even move at all. All you want to do is lay down. All you want to do is take a nap. Your eyelids are heavy. You can't focus. You're sluggish. My hand is high because that was me last night. <laughs> a car wouldn't do that. On a full tank of gas, you could take a car across state lines. So this proves that these two vessels are not the same. They can't even be powered or fueled the same way. These two don't even equal each other. And I wish people would stop. Using your body is like a car analogy. Now, while I do agree that premium gas is probably better than the regular gas, but I'll save that topic for another day. But do you see how you have to start thinking differently about who you are to change who you are? You're not a car. Stop thinking of yourself as a car. You're much more special, much more complicated, much, much more intricate than a man-made car. So while we're, on the, while we're on the topic, let's dive deeper into some of these well-known phrases that we hear every day. Here's another one for you. You are not what you eat. I know, the shock, the horror, 
This is another one that we've been hearing for a long time now, and it's not entirely true. Have you ever really considered what it means to be human? See, I think about this crazy stuff. And yes, you're human. That's a fact. You are collectively one human living and breathing, but you are a makeup of many different systems. And in those systems are living organisms and bacteria inside of you that help you with food digestion and food absorption. So you aren't eating to live necessarily. You are eating to maybe feed the living critters inside of you. And not everything we eat, we absorb. So instead of thinking that you're eating to fill up or you are what you eat, technically you're just eating to feed your microbiome. See, our bodies are incredible, complicated systems. It's home to millions, millions of bacteria. So if you have one stomach, but you have a million bacteria living inside of you, what do you think you're really feeding when you eat? Your empty stomach or you think you're feeding something else? See, I think we're feeding something else. I think food is telling your body what to do, not really how to feel. And the problem today is that we've disregarded this important fact about food and we consume food with our senses. You know, like our eyes, does it look appetizing? And our nose, does it smell amazing? And our, and our mouth, like, does it smell even more amazing? All of that is good, but food is the information your body needs to get to work. When we eat, we send messages to our body to tell it what to do and what not to do. It's orderly chaos all up in there. When you eat, you're sending, you're sending out instructions. Every food decision we make or every food decision that we don't make is sending a message to your body. Think about what message your food choices are, are sending and ask yourself, do you even like the messages that you're creating? So not only does food say a lot about who we are, our relationship with food signals what's important to us. Your relationship with food might be that you're a foodie. Maybe you're a drive through regular. Maybe you only shop at the local farmer's market or you're a global eater. You like eating large meals only or maybe you're a processed food avoider or a restaurant connoisseur. It's all good to be aware of your outlook on food and the relationship that you have with it. And the great thing is, is that no matter where you fall on the food spectrum of food consumption, your food has a story to tell you too. See, your food connects you to the world. It's the only part of the world that we actually take, that we actually ingest into our bodies. Think about that for a second. Before our food ends up on our plate, most of our food has had quite the experience before it gets to us. And unfortunately, over the past decade or so, the production of our food is in a crisis. If you're not eating based on a farm to table diet, and I would even go so far as to say your farm or your garden to table diet, most likely your food is a from production to chemicals to farm to factory to packaging to transportation to sales model to table diet. How crazy is that? So this issue that's in front of us today isn't truly a good food versus bad food. It's more like a natural food versus, versus processed food crisis. 
So let's talk about our food as information. In our world, we have to stay woke because marketing rules over everything. For example, and I'm just going to use one example for today, an avocado right now is so trendy. It's super trendy. It's our new go-to healthy fat. That seems to be our extent of knowledge around an avocado, right? Like eat it because it's a healthy fat. And actually it's 21 grams of healthy fat. But there's more to the story than just it's a healthy or it's more of a healthy fat than a donut, right? We need, no, matter of fact, we should demand more information about our food than just numbers. An avocado is a superfood, which means when you eat it, you are superhuman. It's fiber, it's folate, it's vitamin B6, it's vitamin E, it's potassium, it's vitamin C, it's vitamin K, and magnesium, all these things, which means it helps you to stabilize your blood sugar. There's oleic acid that improves your cardiovascular system, and the folic acid helps you control homocysteine levels. You might be thinking, what are homocysteine levels? Well, <laughs> it's an amino acid. And amino acids are the building blocks of protein. But too much protein in your body elevates the level of homocysteine in your blood. So I know protein right now is trending. Like so much so, like even when I go out to eat and I order a salad nowadays, they ask me, what protein would you like with that? And I'm always like, what? Like what protein? You mean meat? Do you mean chicken, beef, salmon? Like, why aren't we calling our food what it is? Let's not desensitize ourselves from the origin of our food, right? I don't want to eat protein. I want to eat chicken. I don't want to eat protein. I want to eat steak. <laughs> but that's a topic I want to talk to you guys about at a later date. So back to protein. So too much protein without the proper metabolic breakdown is actually the cause of dietary deficiency in vitamin B6 and folic acid, like found in the avocado. So what this all essentially means is that you can't get homocysteine from your diet. It has to be made. And vitamin B6, vitamin B12, and folic acid are needed to make it. Why is this important? It's important because you have to maintain levels of hom homocysteine. Because cysteine is involved in the way that the proteins are folded and maintain shape in the cell. And there's a strong link between homocysteine levels and heart disease. So that avocado is helping you by providing you with folic acid to stabilize the homocysteine so you don't mess around and get a heart attack. This is important. You're probably like, wow, I just threw a whole lot of stuff at you. And you may be wondering, like, is this all necessary? But let me ask you if preventing heart disease is important to you. Number one cause of leading death in the United States, we tend to think it's hereditary, but we have food on this earth that is either helping us to prevent it or causing us to get it at a faster rate. So I think this is probably the most important thing that you heard all day. But we're so complacent with this limiting information around a number that an avocado is 21 grams of healthy fat. Like bump that like versus eat an avocado to increase your longevity because you're going to prevent heart disease for all the reasons that we just talked about.
So I'm only using avocado as an example, but you can take this approach to learn more about the foods that you eat every day. So think of your body, maybe not so much like a car, but more like a library, like with shelves and staircases and aisles and sections filled with books and articles of information written by the most brilliant and creative minds. When you eat, you're filling your body with information. That's the food that it needs to function at its highest potential. That's your body. So go fill it with something today that makes you brilliant too. Hey, that's my episode for today. Listen, I went out on total faith with this topic because I know I talk a lot about intermittent fasting, like a lot, but whether you practice it or not, I want to help people in this world think differently about everything we've learned, including those people that fast. I'm a believer that not eating food all the time is great, but eating for information is so powerful. Let me know how you like this episode and how you plan on using your food as information today. I love you all. I want to close by saying that this month is Life Insurance Month, and I want to make sure you all are aware and informed. See, at Good Girl Gone OMAD, we talk a lot about intermittent fasting and living a great life. And if you heard any of my previous episodes, you know that intermittent fasting has a lot of anti-aging benefits, which means we're going to be living longer and healthier. We should have proper coverage for ourselves, not because this is the most sexiest topic to discuss, but because we love ourselves and we love our families even more. If you've never considered life insurance, which I might start calling it love insurance for that reason, or if it's been a while since you reviewed what you have, send me a message. I just want to start the conversation with you. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.